Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back to The Howler, the West Dump Building. Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton alongside you once again. Thomas, it's a fine Tuesday night. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Well, we got some football to get into. Uh, State v. James Madison, uh, 24-13 on Saturday. Uh, it was a little closer than the score indicated, especially the final score. Um, but I think like last week, we're, uh, we're going to have to start off with some soccer. That's right. The, um, the men's soccer team beat William & Mary last night, double overtime, 2-1. to one. And uh, before the game, they were actually – soccer is kind of like baseball where they have a bunch of different poles, and you're just like, well, let's just pick the one where we're the highest ranked. And uh, so the highest ranking is four uh, for the pack. I think actually um, there was another couple of polls where State was eight and another one 12th. So I know in, I know in baseball there's six different polls. And um, – you know, but in soccer, I guess there's three. Yeah, baseball, you say you always just pick the highest and yeah. brag to all your friends about it. That's what you do. That's but either way, State started undefeated, and uh, they seem like they're playing really well right now, and then they'll open conference play at Wake Forest, correct? Uh, maybe. I, don't I know. think Wake's number one. Yeah, they're up there. Yeah. I, I was looking at the standings yesterday. Let me pull up this tweet from Fred Demarest. It's ridiculous, the number of the ACC teams in the top 25. No, even just the teams in the state in the top 10. I think it's half, literally half, because UNC Wilmington, Wake Forest State, Carolina, and somebody else are all in the top 10. Um, I've almost got it here. Yeah, here we go. Wake Forest was number one, Louisville's three, NC State four, Duke six, UNC Wilmington seven, Virginia eight, Chapel Hill ten. That's ridiculous. So four of the top ten in the state, actually five of the top ten, that's what you said, right? Right. And then you had Louisville and Virginia. So that's just, that's ridiculous. And then the women are number 11. Right. In another ranking where Chapel Hill is two, Virginia's three, Florida State's four, South Carolina, they're not in the ACC, they're eight, Duke is nine. So. It's a great time to like some soccer in the area. Seriously. That's I've never seen anything like that. I know uh, in baseball uh, this year, I think uh, State was in the top ten, ECU was in the top ten, Chapel Hill was in the top twenty-five, maybe the top fifteen. Duke was really good, top fifteen, I want to say. Yeah, and then Wilmington and Coastal kind of yeah. fluctuate there in and the twenties. I mean, they're always really good too. Yep. But um, kind of like that, except even more impressive, I think. But good start for the soccer team, as we were saying, number four, as high as number four in the country. And uh, women's team was number 11. Uh, so they're just continuing to keep on keeping on. And I think um, we can spend a few minutes talking about this, but uh, it goes to show what the job that Debbie Yao has done. I, we may have talked about this last week. I could talk about this every week, if we're being honest. But uh, the turnarounds that they have and the soccer team – didn't make the tournament for five years in a row, I want to say. Five, six years under the old coach. George Kiefer's brought in in the tournament last year and now number four in the country. So you're looking at 20, 25 games into Kiefer's tenure. 
top five in the country. That's crazy. Yeah, it goes. And, and similar, similar to the women's team who went to the Sweet 16 in, in um, their first year with the coach. Yeah, it just goes to show uh, Debbie Yao's commitment to excellence across the board, not just the, the big sports, maybe football and basketball, but to every sport. Um, I think she's done a really good job of finding coaches that fit well with the program, so Coach Dorn and, of course, Kevin Keats, and then also across the other coaches. Um, and then we look at all of them, soccer, football, basketball, baseball, all did really well last year, and so far soccer's doing really well again this year. And the thing that stands out to me, State doesn't have a sport that's bad. I mean, you know, a couple of years back, like, wrestling was was pretty good. Swimming was really good. Um, but then you also had a bunch of baseball team was good, and you have, like, cross country was good. But then you'd have some teams that were just at the bottom of the ACC, like soccer or like volleyball. And now you look at it, and it's like, all right, the volleyball team was in the tournament last year. Probably going to be in the tournament again this year. Soccer teams are top ten in the country. Swimming and diving, wrestling, you know those are g- going to be as right. good as usual. Excellent. Uh, basketball makes the f- makes the tournament first year under Kevin Keats. Women's basketball was ranked, what, almost the whole yeah. season? Yep, and they hosted. Right, right. Top four seed in the NCAA tournament. So you have a tough time picking the worst sport on campus. That's right. And, uh, you know, that's a long that's a long journey from where State was. Five years ago, even? I mean, not even that long. Right. Because Debbie Yao's been here for seven, eight years, I want to say. Um, and so she's she's done a great job. And this is her last year, so uh, <laughs> I hope she's I hope she's making the decision on who her replacement is. But uh, anyway, we'll get into some football now. Um, we're going to try to focus more on the James Madison game uh, than Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State's in the Sun Belt, and uh, I think they went eight and five last year. I don't think I know people used to make fun of State for their schedule back, uh, back in the day, not back in the day, um, back at the beginning of of Dorn's tenure, and for rightful reasons, it was a bad non-conference schedule. And um, the other thing people don't understand about that. Is the schedules are made so far in advance. That's right. So it, it's not it's not Doran's fault. It's not Yao's fault. I was looking the other day. Throw this out there. I think we have a couple games lined up all the way through twenty thirty five. Yeah. Of course, that's Notre Dame, and they've got to get all the TV rights and all that. But still, I wouldn't. Da- yeah, no. And I know there's a series with Mississippi State upcoming, uh, and obviously West Virginia this year. But uh, anyway, so the non-conference schedule was bad back three, four years ago. It's not bad anymore. Georgia State's the worst team on NC State's schedule, and they won eight games last year. A bowl game, too. A bowl game, too. Yes. So, you know, that's coming a long way from when you were fa- when South Alabama right. was your biggest non-conference uh, non- game. Yeah. And, uh, man, who else? Furman, I think we played a bunch. Um, Louisiana Tech. Louisiana we still have Tech. them coming up and. It's either 2020, 2021. I don't know. Yeah, Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, and then you'd play a really bad FCS team. Of course, James Madison was the really good FCS team that State just played. And um, I'm going to start with this. Where do you think James Madison would be in the ACC? Wow. Well, I think it depends on which division we throw them in first. But, I mean, I would say not at the bottom, but. Second, third from the bottom. Yeah. The middle-ish bottom. 
They're a bowl. Do I think they're a bowl team? Mm, depends on their non-conference schedule. I think if they played a ACC games, they'd win maybe three of them. So that's half halfway to a bowl. That's a bowl. That's a bowl team. If right. You win three ACC. That's halfway games. to a bowl. So I think it depends on who they schedule as non-conference yeah. games. Yeah, I, I was impressed with them. Um, it, it was such a weird game for me. Um, it wasn't what I expected at all. I expected a shootout. I think I had 48-28 or something like that. And uh, that's not what happened at all. And that's a credit to James Madison. Yes. And you got to give James Madison credit. What James Madison did kind of reminded me of what NC State did at Clemson a couple years ago. Uh, NC State in that game dictated the pace of play, did everything the way they wanted to do it. And Clemson just had too much talent. Uh, <coughs> and there was a missed field goal. But uh, James Madison did the same thing. They dictated the way that they wanted to play. Um, they ran the ball. They ran the ball a lot. They weren't too successful at it. Um, they ran the ball a lot. And uh, their defense, man, I'll tell you what, their defense did a phenomenal job. Uh especially in the running game and especially against Kelvin Harmon. Yeah, State's really got to work on the the running game. I think I saw that more than half their runs were, what, three yards or less. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. And then I really like the way their offense slowed the game down. I think State might have let them have too many easy passes. It seemed to me, I think Ben DiNucci completed all but four of his passes, but I think they were all under five-yard passes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I disagree with you there. No? I Give up those passes all day. I okay. mean, did they throw a pass farther than 15 yards down the field? I think 15's a stretch. I think they didn't even throw it to the chains but once. They had a couple that were, like, at the chains, but I don't think it was 10 yards. But you're right, 23 for 27. He only threw 200 for just over 200 yards. And you got to remember, a lot of those yards came on the last drive with a minute left. Right. So you're looking at 23 – Take that last drive out. Let's say 20 for 24 for 160 yards. You have 160 passing yards. I'll take that all day. That's true. It just got kind of annoying, you know, when those short oh, sure. those short third downs, you know, third and two, third and three, when they decided not to run the ball. And it was almost like you're just giving them a first down. That was kind of the, the quick glance, like, interpretation I got, even though – No, I – I mean, you're right. They didn't force many incompletions, but it's so hard to do that. Right. I mean, think about how how James Madison felt. I mean, Jacoby Myers had 14 catches and 15 targets, you know? And, of course, the, when you're throwing the short passes, you don't have much of a chance to get a pass rush on the quarterback because the ball's out in a second and a half. Right. Right? So, you know, think about the way that state fans felt and then compare that to how James Madison must have felt ch facing Jacoby Myers and, and some of the other guys. And Finley was 29 for 43, I think. But a lot of those incompletions were throws down the field that James Madison wasn't attempting. Right. And um, so I was pleased with the pass defense. I was thrilled with the running defense, to be honest. Except third down scrambles, which I don't count that as run right. defense. So. Right. Run no, defense yeah, was right. excellent, but QB contain on third down needs some work. I was doing some math yesterday. I don't do a lot of math. But uh, James Madison ran the ball 38 times for 160 yards or so, maybe just over 160. Danucci's two scrambles were for four 48 yards total, so both were 24-yard runs. Take those 48 yards out, and they averaged three yards a carry. And even with those two – two scrambles, they averaged 4.3 yards a carry. 
and against a team that wants to go into a game and run the ball down your throat, NC State didn't allow that to happen. And that, to me, that was that. I mean, that was as much as you could ask for. Yeah, State played really well. I think as a whole on the defense, uh, especially that red zone stop there at the end to keep yeah. the game from being tied. I think that was really big. And the other, I forgot the other red zone stop. Two where they got to Danucci and he fumbled the football. Yeah, and there was another one where they stopped him on the three-yard line, forced a 19-yarder. That's right. And um, I guess the last drive of the game counted as a red zone, and they didn't score. Red zone drive, and they didn't score. I know James Madison was one for five in touchdowns, and you'll take that all day. Every day, and, all day. Uh, you know, a lot was talked about of James Madison's decision to – kick a field goal instead of go for it. I see both sides of it. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. That's what you got to go for. And, um, you know, Mike Houston's a great coach. He knows his team better than we do. Um, and, look, for the last on the last one, it was fourth and three. You had three chances, and you didn't move the ball at all. So, uh, you know, yeah, his decisions bailed NC State out. But at the same time, what if he had gone for him and missed him? You never know. I know, you know, for me as an underdog, you always want to keep yourself within striking distance. So something, if something weird is going to happen, it gives you a chance. And um, maybe you hope for a turnover on that last drive or, or NC State makes a big mistake and you capitalize. So there's m many different ways you can look at it. Yes, it helped NC State, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. That's my thing. You have anything to add? Or yeah, I mean, we could sit here all day and debate it. I mean, if it was State, I would expect them to go for it, especially yeah. favored to win the game. But that's completely opposite. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take away from the game they played. I thought James Madison played a really good game. Yeah. Um, I, I was very impressed yes. with James Madison. Um, to me, they looked – I agree with you, probably – bottom half of the ACC team but um, they would beat a lot of teams and you know NC State plays Virginia in a couple weeks I think NC State's going to beat Virginia by a lot but here's the difference between Virginia and James Madison Virginia is going to have a lot more talent and more depth but they're not going to be as well coached or disciplined and they're probably not going to have the fight that those James Madison kids had when State went up 17-7 at half and got the ball to start the third quarter I was like, all right, they just gave up a touchdown, and State gets the ball to start the second half. State can put the game away here, and they didn't. Yeah, we didn't score, or sorry, State didn't score until what? What was it, two and a half minutes yeah. left? I mean, the entire half. That, I and I know we talk about how State's big goal for the second half was to wear down the smaller team. Of course, James Madison brought less players, but uh, I don't think they were able to do that. I think James Madison – Especially, I think they have a really good – they had really good endurance because, you know, they're used to playing 15 games a season. They yeah. didn't look tired. I thought State looked more tired than James Madison did. And they weren't even score until two and a half minutes left. So, right. James Madison didn't fall into the hands of – And to me, that that's another issue, getting back to NC State, is the third quarter offense. It's got to be better. It was an issue all last year. And these were the two things that I noticed um, – when I was giving my thoughts about the game is you had two big issues last year, third down defense and third quarter offense. And those were both issues on Saturday. And um, 
So all in all, I was encouraged from what I saw from the team. But those two things were disasters on Saturday. Third down defense was 7 for 13, I want to say, less than 50%. Third quarter offense, I don't know, did they even get a first down? I can't even remember. But, yeah, third, but you get what I'm saying? Right. Like, those two things were issues last year. And now here we are in game one and still issues. Right. Stuff we need to work on, especially coming out of halftime, you expect them to – teams to make adjustments at halftime right. and it looked like state came out and just thought they were gonna meander their way down to the end zone and what was it a three and out first time state had the ball i think so i don't know that state got a first down in the third quarter no it was not actually good. i take that back there was a missed field goal wasn't that in the third quarter right because they were kicking yeah, it so they yeah state did drive have a little bit of a drive but still third quarter offense has to be has to be a lot better and you're right about the adjustments State doesn't seem to make them. And, you know, I can live with, okay, the defense made some adjustments. You you played well in the first half on offense. Defense makes some adjustments. So, you know, maybe you don't have much of a first drive. But then, boom, second drive of the third quarter, I got to see something. You know, I got to see something more. And um, uh, I, I was concerned about that. Um other thoughts on offense? Steph Lewis didn't play. Right. Carrie Angeline, Angeline, whatever's however you say it. Uh, obviously ineligible for another two weeks. Um, so states without two of its top four receivers. My biggest takeaway is the wide receiver group is ridiculous. <laughs> they played just crazy good. I couldn't believe some of the the plays they made. Some of the jump balls, of course, to Harmon there at the very beginning, and then uh, Thayer Thomas. Yep. I mean, I knew who he was. He's from my hometown, but I think a lot of people went in. It's like, who is this redshirt freshman at backup wide out? And then with some of the injuries, and he's got great hands. You know he re- who he vaguely reminds me of? Who's that? Bo Hines. Do yeah. you see it? Yeah, I can see yeah. it. Yeah? Great punt return, and I think he's well-rounded and is going to suit the offense well with some of the different plays they like to play. Like, that wasn't a downfield pass. It was a swing out to the right-hand right. side behind wide the line of scrimmage. Screen. And great blocks by who I don't even remember who was it's out a there. Mezzi, a Mezzi and Harmon maybe or Riley. Right. So no, yeah, I agree. Thayer Thomas gave a spark to the team, and um, he's gonna be back there on punt returns all year. Um, yeah, what? They go six deep at wide receiver, and that doesn't even include Angeline at tight end. Um, like I said, Harmon and Finley seemed off. I'm not concerned about it at all. You know, um, give some credit to James Madison. It also seemed to me like Finley was throwing him out of bounds, where it, he didn't have room to get a foot in, yeah. even though he made the catch. Did I you saw s- that a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like the jump ball idea. I like that if anyone's going to catch it, it might as well be our guy or Finley throwing it past Harmon and making him run it down so the defender has no chance to get it. But it seems like a lot of times that happens when there's no chance for anybody to get it. It's out of bounds. And maybe that's what he's trying to do, make it like a top 10 play or an out-of-bounds play, maybe because he's still got memories of the Notre Dame pass. But Yeah. I, I mean, look, if anybody can catch those balls, it's Kelvin Harmon. Right. So, um, you know, and anyway, not concerned about them. Wide receiver – or not wide receivers. Running backs, I'm concerned. Um, yeah, run game was just – It wasn't good. It was horrible. And I think part of that is State didn't show much. And that goes back to the offense, the, the passing game too. State definitely kept their playbook pretty bland. 
and I think that's by design. You don't want to show much before West Virginia. Um, and that, I think that happened last year too some. Uh, and I liked it. I keep it simple. This is a team, even though you struggled at times, this is a team you can beat. Just play them straight ahead, run your basic offense, and then keep your keep your uh, the deep. What am I trying to say? You know your your trick plays, I guess. Right. Or, you know, don't don't avoid going deeper. Don't go deeper into your playbook uh, than you need to. And state didn't, and it worked. But the running game's got to be better. Right. I thought Reggie Gillespie was okay. He wasn't great. Um, Ricky Person, Trent Penix, the two freshmen, they weren't very good. Was it on them? Was it on the offensive line? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there were some plays that were on the running backs. There were some plays that were on the offensive line. Um, Both can and will get better. I mean, yeah. it's not like they like, oh, we're going to settle for passing the ball the rest of the season. I know in Co- Coach Doran's like, post-game interview, that was one of the first things he talked about working on. And I think they're going to do that. I know We know it's going to get better because, yeah. honestly, it has to, to and win. The pa- and the passing game is so good, you're going to take guys out of the box. JMU just, I don't know, they played it very well. And they were able to, to go one-on-one against the receivers, and that kind of hurt them at times. But they, they did well against the running game. Um, so I don't know. I definitely expect Ricky Person to have a bigger impact throughout the year. Trent Penix. Maybe is the third down guy, third not third down guy, the third running back. Um, Reggie Gillespie was okay. I think States might need him to be a little better than he was, but he wasn't bad, if that makes sense. No, he wasn't bad at all, but he'll definitely get better. So right. And then uh, the kicking game. What'd you think? Punting and kicking was okay. Not punting. Not we good. know we well, know AJ Cole can do what he does. And he had he a bad, had a bad game. So, kicking. Uh, I'm glad Chris Dunn made his first kick. Yep. It didn't look like it was gonna go in. It did. Like not from where I was sitting. I don't know. Where were I you? I thought sitting? he pulled it. Uh, way back in the other end zone section. So you were in the end zone now. No, I was on the side. But from where I was, it was me. Chris Dunn was lined up on the right hash mark, and it was almost a straight line from where I was watching Chris Dunn to the field goal post. And it looked like it just came off his foot way left. So you had a direct shot at it, or no? Like you had an easy, like you were right in line with the kick, or no? With the kick, but not with the post, so. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. I just thought it came off his foot wrong. Okay. So. And he made it. He did make it. And I don't know how long, the second one was, what, 47, 48 yards? I think it was 43. That's it? Yeah. It had the distance, but. It definitely had the distance. I rewatched it, and he was very close. Yeah. I mean, he didn't miss it by more than two or three feet. So, and that w- that was that was the one that looked weird to me. It just seemed like it was in slow motion. I don't yes. know. Maybe there was a bad snap or something. Well, even in warmups, I thought Dunn's kicks they seemed more accurate than Bambard's, but they didn't seem to carry as far, and they seemed to take a lot longer to get through the post. Even the extra points, I don't know. I don't know anything about kicking besides you put it through the post, but <laughs> just ob- observing his kicks didn't seem as as like powerful, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they seem more accurate. And well, that's he's, he's 18 years old. Yes. Maybe 19, I don't know. But I I was happy with it, you know. My thing is if we get in the red zone, kick's got to be good. Yes. State got to the 25-yard line, 43-yarder with a freshman kicker. That's a kind of a tough ask, especially in a first game. You know, maybe in week 10, week 11 this year, you're like, all right, 43-yarder. 
But, I mean, even still, I don't think – I mean, it's a college kicking game. You can't expect somebody to make a field goal more than 45 yards. No, not more than 45. I do know that – I'm pretty sure Coach Doran over the summer said he's trusting done 45 and in, which seems like – Right. I That's mean, that seems right. like a good distance for college yeah. kicking, you know. And They're only 18. They're still developing and growing. It, it, and and it's – yeah, exactly. It's tough as a freshman. So, if you can be, you know, 50%, 60% from 38 to 45 – that gives you a little bit more room. You got to be automatic from 38 and in. Yes, I think. I think so also. Yeah, especially and, um, extra points. Yeah, and the the extra points look good to me too. That was another thing. Um, you know, state struggled with extra points last year, obviously, and um, so not having to worry about that will be good. But um, you know, I was pleased. It was his first game. He was gonna miss at some point. Like that's just how it is. Um, and. Uh, you know, we'll 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 go from here and move on, but I'd like to see three field goal attempts for him at some next this coming week against Georgia State. You know, okay, like okay, second half you're up you're up three touchdowns. Let's give him an opportunity from 45. Right to grow some confidence going right. into some tougher games this season. When exactly. You don't want to get into the end of a game and it's like 42 yards and feel iffy about kicking it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. Yeah, that's my thing. 38, 38 and then with a freshman kicker, be good with those, and I'm good. Anything else with that is bonus. And I don't think he'll have any issue with 43, 45-yarders. No, especially coming up later in the season and yeah. going his forward his too. career. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I think, as you said, sophomore, junior, senior year, you know, you expect, all right, 45 and then we're good. You know, maybe 46, 47, we, we're making this one. And then you stretch it out to 50. You're like, all right, we'll give him a shot here. We'll see what happens. But I, for now, for this year, give me 38 and then, and we're good. Yep. And um, if it can get to 42, 43 later in the year, all the better. All right, here's a question for you. Okay. We're headed towards the end of the podcast here. Here's my question. Do you feel better about NC State after the James Madison game than you did last year after the South Carolina game? Uh, I'm going to go with yes, mostly because the first drive where State had the ball, of course, they didn't listen to us when we said to receive the ball. They won the toss yeah. and deferred, and I'm right. standing there, heh, but okay. So they get the ball after a good defensive series, except for one Danucci scramble, right. and they just marched straight down the field, and it was mostly passes, So, but the passing game looked ex- excellent in the first quarter, I thought, and we get all the way down to the 20 and had a fumble, and I was like, okay. Well, at least the drive. At least we didn't fumble on the first play way back in our own red zone. So, right. I really like the first drive, and I'm always worried. The first game of the season, State always looks slow on the first drive. I don't know why. Is it just me? First game, first of the game, or first of the season? Of the season. Oh, I don't even remember. No. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I agree with you. State looked really good on the first drive. Right. But um, you know, go down and fumble. I didn't agree with that. To that play at all like no. why is Tyler Baker Williams getting your first second string running back snaps but whatever my other issue was this is getting off topic but why are you giving the ball to freshman running backs to to end the game like why why would you not rotate them in in the first half and then have Reggie Gillespie go the whole second half as opposed to why would Reggie Gillespie go the whole first half and then rotate in the second why are you giving them the ball with the game on the line 
I mean, I don't know if it, maybe they didn't plan for that. Maybe they planned for Gillespie to possibly run the whole game. And we know the heat was a problem with all right. the players going down in the IV. So maybe that was a thing. But, but you yeah, I understand. Known. You should have known that that was going to happen. Right. And uh, anyway, that w- that's my uh, little tangent. To answer the question, my, my answer is yes, with a caveat of the third down defense and third quarter offense is still an issue. And to me, those were the two things that kept State from winning 10 games last year, 11 games. Right. And those two things were still bad on Saturday. So, yes, I feel better about the team. The defense is going to be a lot better than expected. And I, the offense is as expected. Yeah, I thought State – Or I should say the defense was better than I expected. I don't know that that necessarily means they'll be better the rest of the year. But, anyway. I definitely don't – State's not going to get worse. I mean, a couple players out and a lot – not a lot, but a few injured during the game. And I think maybe once it cools off, it seemed like State in the second half was struggling to run up-tempo, which I would be too in that heat. But I think they I think they just didn't want to. They just didn't want to. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. Either way, the heat, I think, played some into the game with the rotations were off. Oh, for sure. For all the positions. Yeah. And then it was just a weird game. So It was a weird game. That's the thing I keep going back to. But So we both say, yes, we feel better yes. than after last year. A win is better than a loss. Well, yeah, but, I mean, South Carolina was a nine-win team last year. James Madison is FCS. So you got to take that into consideration, too, even as good as James Madison is in FCS. But So, I mean, that's it. Yeah, And you feel better about the kicking game, too. Yes. When Carson Wise missed his first field goal last year, I was like, all right. Dunn made his first field goal, looked good on the extra points, and he barely missed that one field goal from 43. So I feel better about that. I feel better about the defense, especially compared to expectations. Um, and the running game. Look, last year we didn't know what the running game was going to be after one game. That's because right. Because Naheem Hines didn't have a big game. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Georgia State coming up this week. Oh, you mentioned the injuries. Let's talk about that. Right. Uh, Andreas Bryant, definitely glad he's okay. Yes. That would have been a big loss. That aside was aside from the fact that. Uh, it could have been a career-threatening injury. Yes. Um, but he's back. I would think he'll be back. He could be back this week. I heard somebody say that he could be, could have played in the fourth quarter, which I guess I believe, but it, obviously the right decision to hold him out. Um, yeah, I heard he wanted – he told Coach he was good to go in the fourth quarter, and Coach is pretty smart. I mean, he's not yeah. going to let him go back in. But in Coach's press conference today, he said he's going to be full practice tomorrow. Right. And all the x-rays were negative, so that's really good. So, yeah, so I guess that means he probably does play this week. Yes. I would have thought maybe you hold him out. One guy I would not even let practice this week, don't even let him put cleats on, is Jacoby Myers. Right. Don't put that dude in bubble wrap until the West Virginia game. Um, he – I guess it was it – lo- I don't know. What do you think? It, it looks like a sprain. I think it was a sprain. Yeah, maybe a minor kind of sprain. Um, it happened on that weird wide receiver screen play where Kelvin got pushed back into him. Um, so that play, that was the play that State scored on, but it was a different play. Um, yeah, being I should say that was the same play that State ran to score. Okay. And then Jacoby ran the play another time, and it didn't work at all, and he got hurt, which is a terrible. But yeah. he gutted it out, and if, st- if West Virginia was this week, I, I think he'd be good to go. But since it's Georgia State, I would say nope. Yeah, I think he's going to be like 
well enough to play. Yeah. But I think they can make a really smart move and let some of the freshmen play and sophomores, who we obviously know can play after this week, right. and just let him rest because he's going to be a, a big part of State's team going forward. And the one the one that I go back to is last year, Naheem Hines sprained his ankle against Notre Dame. State held him out. Didn't hold him out, but he was half, probably like 50% against Clemson, and you could see how hindered he was and – um, State wins the game if he's 100% healthy, but that's besides the point. Um, and then the next week against Boston College, he was he was fine. So I think that's what you would want to see with Jacoby. Hold him out this week since it's Georgia State, uh, and then he's ready to go for West Virginia. Uh, other injuries? Steph Lewis. Steph Lewis didn't play. He'd be the same thing. Yes. I don't know if they let him play this week or not. It all I don't think it matters. He'll play against West Virginia. Right, he'll play against West Virginia. I think it all depends on – I don't know if he's practicing or not. Depends on all the, how that hamstring's feeling. Maybe get him since he didn't play the first game. Maybe get him a f- just a few five, six plays in thinking. the game against Georgia yeah. State just to get out there. Maybe one pass. I like, yeah, um, I like that idea. But again, going back to the younger players and letting them get more experience. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan Ottenreath was the other one. Okay. Uh, the blocking tight end. Yes. Had a knee brace on at the game. That's that's somebody who State needs badly, and. Um, I don't know. Doran yesterday said he was week, maybe day to day or week to week, so maybe you hold him out this week. But state really needs him. State was thin at at tight end, uh, and I think that was kind of an underrated thing that hurt state. Damian Darden played well, but Dylan Ottenreath is very good. Yeah, it's hard to replace the blocking of Cole Cook, and I think that's what yeah. they're looking for. And maybe that's something they were missing Ottenreath in the Ottenreath can game. do it. Yeah, that's a good point yes. too. Ottenreath can be that guy. Yeah. Um, Anybody else? Tyrone Prescott and James Smith Williams went out during the game, but I they came I back. I think they are ready to go for this yeah. week. So, like I said, Jacoby Myers, don't let him anywhere near cleats. Um, other than that, Georgia State, we know a little bit about them. They got a, a wide receiver who's good, a defensive end who's good, uh, junior college transfer at quarterback. Um I don't know what do you what do you think happens? I think it'll, this one might be a little. I remember uh, we were talking about this earlier, but I remember you know three four years ago, state would state wasn't really even that good, and they would be up on a team like th- not Georgia State specifically, but you know one of these lower FBS teams, they'd be up twenty eight nothing middle of the second quarter. I don't think this is going to be that type of game. I think. Um, 21-10 at halftime, maybe, something like that. Okay. Georgia State maybe sticks around a little longer. You know, eight-win team last year. Um, so but I'll, I'll take State. Um, uh, I want to say 48. What is it with me and 48? I said 48 last week. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that much. I'll go 40-17. So. Um, okay. Yeah, I definitely think State scores more this week. You know, maybe just some of those first week jitters and some confusion with the – I don't know if there is anyone confusion with the play calls, but I think everyone's more ready to go this week. And I expect them to uh, not run away with it early but get comfortable early in the right. first half. Like you said, 21 to 10 sounds about right, decent, uh, maybe even 24 to 10. Uh, they won't score that many in the second half because – they don't want to get too tired. They've got another game coming up, and it's going to be hot again. So I like to see high 30s, probably like 38, 17-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so three touchdowns. We both have that. Yep. Uh, the biggest winners on 
on Saturday will be our eyes because we get to look at those uniforms. That's right. And uh, they look pretty awesome. That video was great. Uh, and if the uniforms are half as good as that video was, then it'll be a good day. <laughs> that's right. But um, I think that's about it. Anything else? I mean, what do you think about the rest of the ACC so far? Just real quick, Virginia Tech's defense has got to be probably one of the best in the country. Here's after my last thing. Night's Here's game. my thing. You're never as good as you look at at your best. You're never as bad as you look at your worst. That applies to Virginia Tech. That applies to Florida State. That applies to West Virginia. And um, so Virginia Tech was obviously very impressive last night. Yes. But how much of it was Florida State just being bad? I don't know. They had the ball know. inside the five twice and only got three points. So, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was very impressive. Florida State looked terrible. Um, I th I thought Miami was going to win against LSU. And LSU smoked them. Yes. And that that was the thing I kept saying about Miami last year is when you rely on turnovers, you never know. Now they didn't didn't win the turnover battle, and it was ugly. Um, Eric Dungy looked really good. I, did, I didn't watch the Syracuse Per game. usual. I mean, he's got the team, that offense on his back. So. He's the most underrated player in the ACC. He's a great player. Yeah. An excellent player. I didn't see who Boston College played. I know they won, and we yeah. know we've started the Boston UMass College maybe. game. But, uh, yeah, Boston College looked good. Uh, Louisville wait. did not look good. Louisville did not. Uh, nobody looks good against Alabama. No, but they still did not look good. Uh, didn't watch Clemson. I'm sure they looked fine. Uh, Wake Forest did not look good. No. Um, I was surprised at that one. UNC Chapel Hill looked awful. I think UNC is just waiting for Chaz Surratt to come back from his suspension. I think oh, I, don't know. I think the offense flows a little bit better with Surratt over Elliott. But I don't think they trust him as much. I was surprised they came back. What was it, 3-24, to 24 and I turned oh, I it off. I was too, but Cal, Cal went into kind of a prevent defense. Right. And you always know what happens when that happens. You're just asking for disaster. But, um, I mean, I think Carolina is a five-win team. So I think so too. They just didn't play well at all. No, I'll tell you what though. If ECU won that game on Saturday, I would not be surprised. No, I wouldn't bet it. Bet on it to happen. But if it, if you told me it happened, wouldn't be surprised. I can't. Does nah. the loser of that game get fired? At the end of the season, yes. Maybe even right away. <laughs> I don't think they get fired right away. Maybe. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the season, well, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are gone at the end of the season, yeah. but but that's Regardless. what the whole season's for, you know. Yeah. I thought Tom O'Brien was, or yeah, Dave Dorn was gonna get fired. What was it? Was after was the it Miami 2015? Game. 16. And we after were the Miami game, five and six. Yes. And then you went to Chapel Hill. I thought he was gonna get fired going five and, and six, and then they won, then won the bowl game. I was like, okay. It's crazy so. how things have changed since then. Yes. Now Dave Dorn is the hot name, and Larry Fedora's on the hot seat. That'll just about wrap it up for us. Do you have anything else? I think State's got a long, what, what is today, Tuesday? Yeah. 12 days ahead of them with a lot of practice and a lot of heat to get ready for uh, Georgia State and then uh, Will Greer in West Virginia. So yeah. they better be on their toes. Yeah. It'll be a good one against West Virginia. And it'll be two good quarterbacks with two, different, two completely different styles of offense. We'll talk about that next week. We hope you can join us then. We thank you for joining us now. That'll do it for this week's edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.